Hello, and welcome to the Author's Den podcast, where we help authors share their message to the world. Join us as we feature unique conversations and get ready to be inspired. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Lizzie. Authors Den Podcast. We're here another uh, again with another incredible, amazing authors. I mean, every every time we get together with authors that have brought incredible stories, incredible ideas, incredible testimonial. My goodness, the list goes on. And and today, everyone, you are definitely not going to be disappointed. It is such an honor, privilege to be able to uh, talk to another incredible author that uh, has been written several books, not just one, not just two, talking three books. And uh, wow, I mean, I'm here I am, I'm trying to write my second and this author is probably going on his fifth. I don't know. Uh, but we are going to find out a little bit more about him and uh, all his incredible endeavors, incredible stories, and uh, sounds like a person that loves to write. Again, we'll find out about that in a little bit as soon as we bring him on to uh, the stage, the studio. Uh, so he's waiting patient on the other on the other line. So by the way, guys, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to be part of this amazing network that has been created across the world. We have so many countries joining us uh, to hear the stories and to hear incredible authors. So, yes, subscribe. We're all over social media and all over the web, so all over the world. So it's incredible. Today we are going to be talking to Dean P. Abel. Uh, he brings a success and diverse educational and professional background to his writing. Mr. Abel, a formal education, includes earn, uh, an earn earning a Bachelor of Science degree in Finance and a Master of Business Administration. Hmm, somebody is doing finance and writing about futuristic stuff. I'm very, very curious and hope that you are too. He's a third year of high school, uh, a successful rather business executive, both private and public sector, overlaid his 30 years experience as a commissioned officer in the United States uh, Army and Army Reserve. After graduating he in the military uh, from Penn State, Mr. Ray will spend five years as an active uh, duty regular Army officer, 25 years and Army Reserve officer with such a diverse assignment as a nuclear weapon officer. Wow, uh, uh, this is incredible. Uh, and finance officer, he completed uh, Army War College in 1985 and it was awarded Listen to this, everyone. The Emeritus Service Medal of two occasions. Mr. Abel was nominated for uh, Brigadier General and retired from the U.S. as a colonel. Wow, that is incredible, everyone. So you are in for a treat today. And uh, don't forget to put comments on the author web's, uh, website with regards to this author. But we've Without further ado, I think we all want to hear him and meet him. Uh, here it is, Mr. Abel. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome, welcome to Authors Day. And how are you doing this afternoon, evening, actually, for you? Great. Awesome. Having awesome. a great evening. 
I I am too. I am too. Oh wow, what a diverse background you have from army, from uh, uh, finance to weapons. My goodness, I mean. It, was your life always this exciting? I mean, when you were a child, uh, is this what you aspire to be? Like, I want to become part of the army and write, because I don't know how those two, two things have in common. Um, tell us a little bit. Take us back. Well, I, you know, I guess like a lot of young people, you don't know exactly what you want to do. But uh, I knew I wanted to go to school, and uh, I, I was interested in the military. In fact, I had tried to get into West Point. I was unable to get an appointment, but I, uh, I participated in the ROTC program at Penn State, got myself a, a regular Army commission because I was a distinguished military graduate from Penn State. And, you know, I just um, went in, and uh, uh, my first assignment was a, was a shocker. I was a young first lieutenant. I had gotten my master's degree from Lehigh University prior to going on active duty. And when I got to my first assignment, the commanding officer of the battalion that I was in sat me down and he said, Lieutenant, we have something special for you. And, of course, the response to that is, yes, sir. Uh, he began to tell me that, yes, I was going to be the nuclear weapons officer in the battalion. Um, <laughs> so it was it was a shock. Um, quite frankly, uh, it, it was it was a very consuming job, but it was interesting. And at the time, I couldn't have told you or anybody else what I was doing, to be honest with you. Really? That conversation, eh? But again, it's like you said, you, what, what could have been your answer back then? I mean, you were in the military. That's the only answer that you know of to say. Is yes, <laughs> that's <so>. correct. <laughs> Did I have an option? Uh, maybe not. Uh, probably, obviously not. Now, was family always aboard? Did you meet your significant other, or or is there any significant other at the moment, or were they at the time um, that uh, supported this this career of yours? Well, I was married um, in college, and yes, my wife had accompanied me to to Germany, where where I was stationed, and then out to Washington. Uh, stayed in Fort Lewis. Um, unfortunately, like a, an awful lot of people in our world, I did uh, get divorced after about 16 years of, um, of marriage, uh, and we had three sons. I had three sons. After that, I remarried a, a, a woman, um, uh, Carol, and uh, was with her for about 31 years. Unfortunately, she contracted cancer and passed away in 2008. Uh, in 2010, I met uh, Susan Ann, who is my wife today, and so I'm on my third family. Um, I uh, had my three natural children, and then I had three stepchildren with Carol, and I have two stepchildren with Susan. So I've had a pretty uh, uh, um, uh, eventful uh, uh, life, I would say. Um, I can see that. My goodness. Uh, wow. It, it looks like yeah, you. It's funny because you do not sound. Older than I, I hate to to pick an age, but you sound your voice is very, very beautiful. By the way, you could do my you could host with me the, this show. It's beautiful, uh, but you sound well, very you. young. So, <laughs> you sound very young, and uh, that's uh, that's I guess. Uh, it, the voice is kind of deceiving. You, you've been you've been uh, married yeah. three times, so maybe yes. Well, so let's talk about the writing, Jean. I mean, the writing came on, I assume, but it, uh, in your job, never assume. Uh, in your job, yeah, to do a lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of studying, maybe reports and all that. But was writing 
part of your life as a young person always, but this is something that came on later on. I mean, a lot of people that I've uh, talked to and I had the honor and privilege, people like yourself, amazing, incredible authors, uh, they tell me that this started when something happened in their life, an epiphany, or they always journal and they decided enough is enough, a journalist published what I thought. What was in your case? Well, I wrote, you're right, I wrote a lot of things for business, but they were articles, letters, and so forth. I retired when my uh, when my late wife uh, got cancer, and about, oh, a couple of months after I retired, a storyline popped into my head, and it was so intense that the only way that I could get it out was to sit down and write a book. Now, that book was written in 1999. And it was a romance novel. It's called The Inn of Destiny, and it is currently available on Amazon. It's really done very well. How that storyline got into my head, I don't know, because I was not someone who read romance novels. But in any event, um, there it was. I published it. The book sat for about 18, 19 years. When someone saw the original book and said, this is a good storyline, you ought to have Mm -hmm. it republished and made more professional which I did. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started writing. My current writing, however, which includes uh, my sci-fi books and, and some of the others, began which about is, three and a half, four years ago. Okay, which is definitely very, very different from romance. And I can see you why romance. I mean, you've had uh, three partners uh, that unfortunately, one didn't work out, the other one has passed away. And I uh, so absolutely, I can see you writing something like that. But now going to the main, uh, the piece of the resistance is, you know, talking about your sci-fi uh, books. Uh, that is completely different of what you know of. So, and you said you don't know how it came about. I mean, let's, so let's talk well, about that. The, you... the, I don't know how the romance novel came about. Now, the, the sci-fi books, I've always been interested in science fiction. Okay. I've read science fiction books as, as a young person. I used to like you know, Star Trek and and all mm. the uh, and all the uh, you know all the sci-fi uh, series on television. So it was sort of a natural. I've always been right. interested in that, and um, I sat down and I started thinking about time travel mm. and uh, extraterrestrials, and so that was the genesis of my fir- first three sci-fi books. Right. So, well, on that note, so let's talk about the the uh, one of the uh, book. I mean, uh, you have the what what themes and and concept does uh, Defar of Time Theory explores in the book? Uh, for for people that are listening to us right now, they're probably thinking that that they love sci-fi. By the way, what should I get out of this? What is in it for me? What uh, what is going to appeal? Um, to, for me to uh, invest in this book, time in this book. Okay. First of all, time travel actually, even though it hasn't happened yet, except in my books, um, it, it theoretically is, is, is possible according to Einstein and Hawkins. They believe that time travel um, was a possibility. Uh, but my first book is entitled Going Back. Now, in going back, we went back into the past. We developed a time travel capability, and we found that other countries were going back in time, and we feared that they were going back to make changes. 
the United States, in my book, decided that going back and changing history could bring a situation worse than the situation we were in. And so our intent was to not allow anyone to change the past. In going back, that's exactly what happened. We detected countries going back in time. We went back to find out what they were doing and learned that they were trying to alter the outcome of the Second World War. Uh, The book successfully concludes with stopping this action and returning everything to normal. Now, the second book in this series, because it's a three-book series and it builds one on another, is called Kidnappers from the Future. Now, in this book, something that we do in our current time has an adverse impact on Russia in the future. And 100 years into the future, people from that time come back to our time to make a change in history and prevent what we created that had this adverse impact on their country. Again, in this case, our time travel team goes forward because the people from the future came back and kidnapped one of our scientists in an attempt to prevent these changes from taking place in their 100-year future. Uh, We go into the future. We rescue our um, uh, scientists and, again, put everything back to normal. In the third Mm -hmm. book, which was released just last month, The Aliens Step In, this is a congratulations by the way and releasing sorry to interrupt but i just have to congratulate you for actually uh, releasing books um i noticed that a lot of people take a long time and maybe you have but it's just accomplishment to be for you to be able to say hey there, there is the number three so i think you deserve a big round of applause for that that's so cool thank you now the uh, the alien step in which is the third book, it begins as a time travel novel because what we find is that the Chinese, in this case, have gone back in time to try and prevent us from developing time travel. And in my series, the time travel facility, which is underground, is protected from changes in time for a period of of a couple of weeks. Uh, But the facilities on the top all of a sudden disappear. And this introduces a scenario where we go back and try again to prevent the change. This action brings on a catastrophic situation, which in turn forces extraterrestrials who have been watching the Earth to make an entrance and tell us that we must stop going back and forth in history and trying to make changes. What happens after that is a series of events with an extraterrestrial race who takes us to their planet, makes us an offer we can't refuse, and I'll let you as the reader find out what exactly uh, that all entails. But that's, in a nutshell, the three books, which is a part of what I'm calling the Defenders of Time series. And you know what? You don't definitely don't want to give uh, all away because we want to be able to get uh, the audience, uh, the public, to get to those books ASAP, especially uh, the last one that you just released. So congratulations, by the way. What would you say is the most important message that you wanted to convey through um, Defensors of Time series? 
Well, you know, we call it science fiction. Yes. But in reality, some of the fiction in science fiction may not be fiction at all. What I'm getting at is when 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was written, no one knew about nuclear-powered submarines, but they're commonplace today. That's true. When the, when the writers wrote about Star Trek and the, and the, the phasers and, the, and the, the weaponry that they had in Star Trek, mm-hmm. that weaponry exists today. Actually, every time I see a Star Trek um, show, uh, the first thing it reminds me is the flip-flop fawn uh, beat me up, Scotty, and I'm like, this is happening yes. now. Not only that, we're way, way ahead of that. Crazy. Right. So my idea is that science fiction may not be, as I said, as much fiction. It may be a portent of things to come. And so, and then when you add the fact that there is theoretical basis, people like Einstein and Hawkins for things like time travel, um, I think that the idea of science fiction is to give people an idea of what's on the way. Absolutely, absolutely. On that note, people are probably thinking, um, I love to to kind of have an idea of what am I to expect. And visual is, you know, you take a picture, it speaks louder than a thousand words. So where can people watch your trailer from the books and get a glimpse of the, the stories and the character? Well, all of my books have video book trailers. They're like about a three-minute clip that describes the book. All of these are on my website. My website is genepablebooks.com. That's G-E-N-E-P-A-B-E-L-Books.com. When you go to my website, you'll see all of my books. I have about six books on the, on, on the website. If you click on the cover of any of my books, it'll take you to the book, and you will see a little green box and it says video trailer. If you click on that box, it will take you to this three-minute video, which will give you a much better idea what the book is about. Beautiful. And by the way, everyone, uh, there's links all over uh, social within regards to the Authors Den website, and you can link and be able to get that uh, that thrillers link in his web as well. Now, we were talking about Star Trek, and we were talking about how we can see things happening now that they portrayed it in the movies way back in the 70s. Now, if you um, were to think of uh, uh, Defense of Time series, would you translate it to a streaming series? Where would you like it to be shown? Uh, I mean, there's so many platforms nowadays. Movie is not just one thing nowadays. Well, I think the way the the series was written and the progression of of the characters in the series um, I think the storyline and the whole idea of the Defenders of Time series would be a great series for something like Netflix or Hulu or Disney or something like that, where we have, um, uh, you know, 45-minute clips of, of the episodes and that we progress through the three books uh, uh, as, as, as I've described. Um, you know, doing that is not so easy, but we are looking at the possibility of trying to um, get before producers uh, of these streaming 
companies to see if we can pitch the idea of the Defenders of Time series. Uh, I've been very flattered. Um, we've had a lot of reader reviews from things like Goodreads, reader reviews on Amazon, and almost all of the reviewers have given my books five-star ratings, and if not five, they got four. So as I wow. said, I'm very, flat, I'm very flattered by people's comments. And one of the comments that they made about these three books is it would make a very intriguing streaming series on television. So, you know, whether that will happen or not, I don't know, but it is something we are looking at. And that is as, awesome. You know, in, in conjunction with that, what I've also done is one of my other books is related in a sense because it's called What If Anything Is Out There? Now, this book is a documentary. It's, a, it's not, not a fiction. It's a documentary. And what I did is I took an honest look at UFOs, extraterrestrial visits. This book is an Amazon bestseller, uh, and it basically takes a look going all the way back to our ancestors who drew pictures on caves about things that look like spaceships and aliens. I took a look at some of the extraordinary buildings that our ancestors put together, which we don't have a way of doing today. To, for us to be able to build some of the structures that were built in the past, like the Great Pyramids and some I was of just these huge say, buildings. Yeah, the, the Great it, Pyramids it, it, it or even the ruins of Machu Picchu as well. Yes, it, it's it's... It's hard to understand how people four, five, ten, twelve thousand years ago, with the technology we believe they had, with the tools with the, we believe they had, how they could do something that we could probably not do today. So that begs the question, did they have help? And now we're back to the question of are we alone? And this is what I looked at in what if anything is out there? I then took a look at Roswell, and I dug deep into Roswell and what was found and what wasn't found. I took a look at what our astronauts claimed they saw in some of their space missions. And then what I did is I researched hundreds of UFO sightings, and I picked two dozen of them that are really hard to debunk, things that have not only observations by very credible people, but in some cases they have other corroborating evidence like radar uh, sites uh, chance. We had uh, one that had actual components uh, that made it clear that there was something very radical happening. This was in, in Vietnam. So I included oh, what, 24 what, of these. What are those two sites that you're referring to? The, the sites? Yes. Well, the, uh, the the one the one episode that I included in my book occurred in Vietnam. Two Navy patrol boats were going up a river into the internal portion of Vietnam when they saw what looked like two flying saucers above them over the the river. The lieutenants got trigger happy and started shooting at these two objects in the sky. To their dismay, they found out that the ammunition that they were firing at these, uh, at these two objects 
were being returned and in fact sunk one of the two ships. The second ship turned around and headed for the open sea. The lieutenant called for help and the Air Force sent two F-4s from Da Nang and the two Air Force pilots saw these two flying saucers. They fired air-to-air missiles at the flying saucers and as soon as the missiles approached the craft, both the missiles and the flying saucers disappeared. Now, if the story ended there, it would be odd enough. But the next morning, at about 8.30 in the morning, in the open sea, there was an Australian destroyer called the Hobart. At about 8.30, the Hobart was struck by a series of missiles that severely damaged but did not sink the ship. The Navy came to its aid and went through the debris, and in the debris from the missile strikes on the Hobart, they found some parts that had serial numbers on them. The serial numbers on those parts That's interesting. came from the air-to-air missiles that were fired the preceding day at those spacecraft by the Air Force. Now, there was a very hush-hush meeting at the Pentagon about this incident. And at the end of that meeting, there was a directive that came out of DOD to the Air Force and the Navy pilots, do not engage any UFOs. Now, this is a documented report, and it is one of the 24 that I have included in my book. But when you read that account and you see what happened, and you see what action the Department of Defense took as a result of that incident, it's really hard to say this didn't happen or this is just, uh, you know, a weather balloon like they some claimed at, at Roswell. That's right. Wow. So this ties into my alien step in because, in essence, what I'm trying to depict in a nonfiction way is evidence that we may, in fact, have been and are being visited by life uh, in the universe that, quite frankly, is probably way ahead of us. Absolutely. I think readers are going to be unbelievably thrilled uh, to read your books and especially uh, the last three ones because you go into so much depth, you've done so much research, you have the means actually to get documents like you were just talking about. So this is going to be very intriguing. And for people that love this, they're just going to devour it. And, and uh, with all the reasons, wow. Dean, we were talking about reviews, and I'm very curious. I mean, you've had incredible reviews. Congratulations. What is the Thank response? <laughs> what is the response of friends and family members and now you like you're you have a huge extended family of you doing things like that that they see you as uh, uh is it all okay with well, you think, or is it's far fetched? I think most of them are surprised that I am a writer, okay. Um uh except for my wife. My wife Susan always thought that, you know, I had some ability that way and um she's very supportive. But some of the people that I knew, uh, you know, since I hadn't written anything until really after I retired, um they were surprised to be honest with you. 
But I, I will say that I think, you know, I can, I can say that a book I've written is great, but I'm the author. That's not important. It's what people who read the book think. And that's, that's right. why one of the things I'm doing is I'm adding, as I get reader comments, I'm adding those comments to that website, genepablebooks.com. Because I think it's important if you, if you see one of my books and you think, hey, that sounds interesting, let me see what other people who have read it have to say. Then that will give you a better idea maybe if you want to read the book and, and, uh, and, and see what they or if you agree or disagree with their comments. So I, I think it's very important to put those comments on. And I continue adding comments to my website as I receive them. Like I said, I have uh, every one of my books now has at least 25 reviews from Goodreads. Wow. Uh, we've got a number of reviews from, uh, from Amazon. And I, like I say, they're almost all five-star ratings. So I am, you know, I'm, I'm very flattered, to be honest with you. I did not expect that kind Congrats. of reception, but I'm pleased. <laughs> Congratulations. That deserves another round of applause. Uh, and, and obviously to have the feedback from family members and friends, that makes it the more the better you are supported, other than the wife, which she has to support no matter what. I'm just kidding. Um, we, yes. You talked about people going to your website to get um, the books, but else I assume that you mentioned Amazon, so Amazon, Bars & Nova are part of it as well? Yes, you can get them uh, on any of the retailers. Uh, if you Google my name, my name will come up. Uh, if you Google my website, it'll come up. Uh, my books are also available in bookstores. Now, not all bookstores carry them, but they can be ordered through your local bookstores. I've had books. Uh, I've had book signings at Barnes and nice. Noble and, and Moravian Bookstore in Bethlehem, and uh, so they are available. Uh, some of my books, a uh, couple of them are even audiobooks. For example, The Inner Destiny, oh, wow. that, uh, rom that romance novel that I told you about, I had that made into an audiobook, and quite frankly, the woman who did it, is, it did an <laughs> outstanding job. Um, wow. That you can get on Amazon. And the first of my sci-fi books, Going Back, that also is an audiobook. So you could, you could uh, try those if, if you would prefer that. They are also available as a Kindle you know, version. And, or you can get them all as a soft book uh, version as well. Awesome. Love when somebody knows how to promote themselves and, and give uh, the audience all the questions that I don't even have to ask, so that's incredible. Thank you so much. One of the things that I noticed, because you are such a uh, multiple genre author, you do science fiction, romance, politics, how do you approach different genre and, and what – creative challenges and rewards you experience exploring those such a diverse themes. Well, as I said, with the with the romance novel, I don't know how that came about. It just popped into my head. It's not something I would probably write again, another book like I, that. So actually that's I just, just it, it's just I disagree. I disagree with your comment because you because you've had uh, you know, with so many partners in life, uh, it, it probably brought a special thing in you within those different relationships. And, and that, instinctively, that, that could, that could be. <laughs> instinctively, you probably know what to write just because of that experience. Well, the interesting thing is that both my, my, my wife that passed from cancer, Carol, and my current wife, Susan, they both helped me edit the book. My, my, my Carol uh, edited the first version, and the version that was just published a, a couple of years ago by Indigo River, 
uh, Susan Ann helped me um, because both women said, uh, you guys really don't know too much about women, so I'll help you out. Uh, so they both edited my book, so I thought I was very, very pleased with that. So I do have the female uh, touch, uh, so to speak, in my romance novel. Um, but, you know, the, the sci-fi books, as I said, I wrote those because I've been interested in it. The, the, the UFO book, uh, the documentary, is related to the, to the, the sci-fi. Um, and, of course, one of the other passions that I've always had um, is that uh, I've been uh, interested in politics. At one time, I was a member of the Republican uh, Committee uh, in, in Chester County in Pennsylvania. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting with President Ford when he signed the bill that made the Valley Forge Park a federal uh, uh, park. Wow. Um, and so I have been very much into following the political um, s- sector of our country as well, which I realize is very different from sci-fi. But um, So that has caused me to take an honest look again at the political landscape of this country going back to beginning after the World War II, uh, 1981 to the present. And I, in my, on my website, you will find my, my one political book that I have. It's called Broken Promises and Lies of the Republicans. Now, you can tell from the title what that, what that entails. But this book basically looks at two very basic and important issues in this country. One is the promises that were made to the Americans, beginning with Ronald Reagan, about supply-side economics, conservative ideology, and what that was going to do for the people of this country. I document what happened from primary sources. I did not use any political sites because I didn't want people to say it was tainted. Very clearly, most of the promises that we were given, beginning with Ronald Reagan and through the current administration, or the past administration through, through Trump, about the conservative ideology, the facts simply do not support them keeping their promises. And that's thus the title of the book. Now, the second component in the book is a very detailed account and summary of the facts surrounding what happened with Donald J. Trump. Uh, It, again, some of my conservative friends have written, read, read my book and said, well, Gene, we just simply don't agree with you. And my answer to that is very straightforward and very simple. You don't disagree with me. You're disagreeing with the facts. Because what I have included in Broken Promises and Lies of the Republicans are documented facts. And I, I cite the sources in the book. There are mm-hmm. sources like the Department of the Treasury, the CBO, uh, Department of Labor. So data that I drew from these sources clearly documents what is in the book. So it's not a matter of my opinion. It's a matter of the facts and whether or not you're going to accept and believe the facts or whether you're going to just ignore them. So, you know, that is a very, very different book. It's, a, it's a certainly another passion that I have. Um, I have some very strong feelings about the way uh, where we're headed and the 
the very severe um, division that we have in this country. I personally believe that the division in the United States has never been as great since the Civil War. Uh, we have different factions, two factions in this country that could be as, that are as different as possible. possible mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, yes, I have to agree with you. And that, you know, Lincoln had a saying. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And if there is anything that would undo the experiment that our founding fathers put together 247 years ago, brings us down, it's going to be that kind of division. Um, We can have different philosophical ideas about politics. When we allow our political parties and what they profess to become number one over and above the country, we put ourselves in a very dangerous place. And unfortunately, that is where some of us seem to be heading today. And that concerns me. So that book is is very controversial. There's no question about it. Um, But as I say, if you read the book, if you take a look at the documents in the book that are cited in the book, uh, you can, I guess you can disagree with the facts, but they are the facts, like it or not, and they will not change. Wow. Yeah, sometimes uh, things have to be brought up to light, and um, we can agree to disagree or, or just disagree to the sure, fact, like absolutely. you said. Yes, absolutely. But I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, one of the things that I love to ask is for people that are listening to you, and, and, and they're they're hearing, my goodness, from romance to fiction to politics to film. How do you uh, become this incredible writer? I have a story within me. I Somebody's thinking I would like to be at least write one book in my life before, you know, before I pass, to leave a legacy, to something, to somebody, to a country, to a family, whatever it is. What can I do to start? <laughs> and I've asked that to so many people, and I'm very curious to find out what is your answer well for most of my books what i did is i have i had a passion i had something that i was interested in because i think if you're really interested in something you're going to put your heart and soul and your mind into it and you're going to do the research and and do what's necessary to to get the facts and get it together uh so first i think you have to be something that you're truly interested and passionate about and then the technique that I've used is I always outline my books before I start. So I have a pretty good idea before I start writing all the the, the, the detail um, what the book is going to be about and how it's going to um, uh, come together. Um, and then, of course, you know, after you've written the book, I, I'm not a particularly a good editor. You need to have a publishing company, whether it's yeah. a hybrid company or whatever, that it's going mm-hmm. to help you unless you yourself can polish the book, make sure that it tracks, that you don't leave people hanging in the, in the lurch someplace, and yes. that it, it is uh, technically correct. Um, and so it is not easy to, to, to bring a book to completion. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're going to do it, you have to be prepared to spend some time and effort uh, and some money sometimes. 
Yes. But I, I really believe it's something you need to be passionate about to begin with if you're really going to produce something of, of any real worth. Love it, love it. And, and I think we summarized it with absolutely the passion has to be there and something that you're really interested in because you're interested about a topic, you're going to do the research. You're going to be um, putting, put, putting more into it than anything else that just because it's selling, uh, it needs to be more that uh, it, it, you need this message to come across with people. That I love it. That, yes. that is so, so important. And thank you for sharing that. And for you that are listening today, everyone, Hopefully, if you've gotten something and you're peaked, you're interested, uh, it gives you a little bit of inspiration for you to be able to write your own story. Um, but uh, some, of, some of you are probably wondering, you know, what is uh, the project that you are currently working on or you have any idea to, to come up with um, or any preview that you can share with the audience? What, what, what should they expect in the future? Well, we are looking at expanding, for example, the uh, the book about the UFOs. I've added uh, a number of chapters to the book. I've done for some more research, um, and we're also thinking of possibly having a, an addendum at the end of the book, which contains some of the fantastic pictures from the Webb and Hubble telescopes. I mean, one of the things uh, that I have found in the research of, 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 of what, if anything, is out there is the enormity of the universe. And the pictures from Hubble and Webb telescopes really bring that to light. So we're looking at the possibility of expanding and republishing that book. It'll probably have a new title. Uh, it'll contain what the original book did and then add the additional things that I discussed. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we are interested in seeing whether we can uh, track the uh, producer to look at the uh, Defenders of Time series, the three sci-fi books, uh, to see whether or not uh, in the future we might uh, have a TV series. And then, believe it or not, um, uh, there is another, I believe uh, it. <laughs> another group. <laughs> there's another group that uh, looked at the Inner Destiny, the romance novel. And they said, gee, that sounds like the, the, the Fifty Shades of Grey. Maybe you ought to make a movie out of it. So who knows mm, if I could uh, get a, wow. a producer to take a look at, uh, um, take a look at the, uh, the Inner Destiny as a, a romance novel for a movie or a movie for television. That's another possibility. And then the, the last thing that we're looking at uh, with an entirely different group um, is – whether or not we could make an intriguing video game from the last wow. book that I just published, The Aliens Step In. And that's being looked at. I don't know whether or not we're going to get to that point. Uh, that's a very different market. That's a very different thing. But there are certain things in the, the, the Aliens Step In that uh, uh, one of the game uh, designers that I'm working with thinks could be turned into an interesting video game. Um, again, that would be something very different, uh, but it would be predicated on, on that book. So those are the things that I'm working on. Um, like I said, I don't know how many of them will come you to fruition. Are, you are but, so busy. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of listening at you. Congratulations. I mean, I have a lot of catching up to do with you that uh, – 
That is incredible for somebody who's retired and keep going. Wow, kudos to you. Guys, if you are listening to this, uh, take this as an example. I mean, there is, uh, as long as you're breathing, you're healthy, you're alive, keep going because um, there's a lot of things to do, especially if you're a writer uh, well, and a creator. I, I, I believe <laughs> that God has been very, uh, very good to me and he's given me a, he's given me a good life. I have, uh, up to this point, good health. Um, have a fairly clear mind, I think. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm trying to use those things, uh, uh, keep me busy, keep me out of trouble. Uh, but it does produce something of, of great interest to me and uh, I, I think it's better than just uh, sitting around and doing nothing. For sure, for sure. Um, if you don't mind repeating again your website for people to get a, a hold of your brand yes. new book that has just been released for uh, three months ago. Yes, the, the website is Gene, G-E-N-E, P like in Paul, Abel, A-B-E-L, books, that's B-O-O-K-S, dot com. And if you go to that website, it'll come up. Again, you click on the cover of any of the books you're interested in. It will take you to the book. You can read the, uh, you can read the reader comments. I've got a bunch of YouTubes, uh, podcasts that you can listen to. And each of the books has that little green box. And if you click it, it'll give you that three-minute video trailer that describes the book and see whether or not you're interested. Um, but uh, I think, and you can also Google my name or Google any of my books, and you'll, you'll come up to the same thing. Beautiful. And the links for everyone, again, will be here on Authors Dan website with all their amazing links. Jean, I can talk to you all night long. This has been incredible. I want to thank you so, so much for uh, sharing, you know, almost an hour of your precious time talking to us. And uh, I know you have lots of things on the go and very, very busy, but I appreciate you sharing so much with us right now. I think your life is incredible. And is an example to all of us that, um, you know, have that creative juices on us never to stop creating and uh, growing, So, which is incredible. Well, thank you I for giving thank me the opportunity. Pleasure and honor. My goodness, when your movie goes out, uh, which it will, I have no doubt of that, or a series, I'm going to say, I interview this fellow on the Authors Den podcast. I'm, I'll be so so proud and so privileged. Thank you so much. Well, thank Jean. you for Have giving me the opportunity. Thank you. Have an amazing weekend. And yes, uh, everyone, that's your host, Lizzie. Thank you for listening to another exciting episode of the Author's Den podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of our future episodes. That's all for now. We'll see you next time.